there, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Now What Shall We Talk About? In this episode is uh, Holly Hamill, again, is my guest. Uh, this was about a week or more after the first time I talked to her. And she wanted to come back on. I thought I was going to get some sort of psychic reading. Apparently she needs some sort of permission so she doesn't go digging through your spiritual underwear drawer without permission. So she wanted time to reflect on it and we didn't have time. We weren't going to sit there and wait during the show. So that didn't happen. But um, this one she did ask if she could open the interview with a breathing exercise like a light meditation. Which I obliged and almost fell asleep because I am easy to fall asleep and we discussed that in the show also. But what I did just so we can get into the meat and taters of the interview, of the chat, is I moved our little breathing exercise to the end of the show. So once we say goodbye, stay tuned, you might have a little bit of the jingle in there and then we go into that. So if meditation is something you want to try, if you want to give it a whirl whatever uh, I guess you'd consider it guided it's just more of a breathing exercise something you can do at night to help you fall asleep or just to take a break when you're at work and you want to kill someone not kill them that's too strong maybe you just want to choke them until they're unconscious that sounds a little better um, but that I moved to the end of the show so once that's done then the end of the show little jingle will go on and there's a big long pause in the middle because we're just breathing and with the noise reduction and the microphone or whatever you can't hear me breathing into the microphone so there might be 10 seconds or so where there's just nothing because we're breathing if that makes sense but i did move that to the end of the show uh, i think this was a good talk we had some good laughs uh, we talked about my fear and or love of the number 1111 i don't want to spoil too much um, but it comes up daily for me and it's very weird so she's tried to put her finger on exactly what happens there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. All right. You guys enjoy the show. Bye-bye. And also, I feel bad because I'm picturing you sitting there all excited to go like an hour ago. <laughs> Like, where the hell is he? That's okay. Stuff happens. Um, yeah, now we know to like double check for time zones and things like that next time. So I've only done a handful of these and every single one. I always double check because the first one was off. Mm -hmm. Like they thought they were setting it up my time zone, but it told me it was there. Like it, mm -hmm. I'm not a huge fan of that calendar thing because mm -hmm. it, it's supposed to automatically detect your time zone. Mm -hmm. So it's showing right for you and it's showing right for me, but that hasn't been the case one time, which kind of defeats the purpose of it. <clears throat> yeah. Well, just like, you know, practicing meditations and as we practice getting our tools to work properly and getting on the same page, mm -hmm. getting in the same, getting in sync with each other. And that's pretty much what I do for the beginning of my my um, psychic calls as I, or any just life coaching calls, all of them, I like to take the time to breathe together so that myself and the person that I'm working with or the mm -hmm. group um, can get really synced in and calibrated on the same wavelength, the same time zone, the same, um, same goals. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I find that that's absolutely vital. I feel like that is 
something that I can't have my calls without. And so I really am grateful for you to uh, let me have that, that sample um, and for the listeners too, because that's, if people were to work with me, that's what we would do to start out. Sure. Well, that's a nice, I don't want to say fresh start, but like when you start a scene in a movie and they hit the slate to, you know, action, it just kind of resets everything. A reset maybe is the word I was looking yeah, for. Just I like everyone's that. resetting at the same. Yeah, exactly. Cause we're all bringing, time. we're all bringing in our stuff, you know, mm-hmm. to every conversation, every relationship, every meeting, you know, we're always carrying our, um, you know, things that happened earlier in the day or, um, you know, stuff that happened in childhood or whatever. And so just getting a place, getting to a place where we can just, um, just really connect and being really, mm-hmm. um, just being really present in this moment and saying, I'm connecting to you. And I do another visualization when I'm connecting to people psychically is I envision, you know, both of us connected to that source light and the, mm-hmm. and the grounding coil, like I was saying, but then I create a, I like a kind of like ping up to source or God or higher power, whatever it is that people want to call it, this greater energy ping up to that and then down to you. <clears throat> and then we're connected through the earth too. And so I create this like triangle of just energy flow, like just like, um, just a connection. And I do that visually and that seems to help me to tap in. Hmm. <laughs> the little tricks we learned. <laughs> yes. Well, exactly. It's, you're not going to, because the last time we talked, you said you just kind of had a feeling forever before you started, I don't want to say practicing, but mm-hmm. looking into like, what are these feelings or whatever? So mm-hmm. it's not like as soon as you can walk and talk, you're like, yep, I got to do this <clears throat> to figure this out. Like you have your system, your tools, and mm-hmm. 10 years from now, maybe you'll be doing something different or more or add something or take something away or whatever. Like you can't. Like doctors, you they call it practicing medicine for a reason. They don't exactly. have it down pat. So you're always evolving, perhaps, mm-hmm. I guess. I hope so. Yeah. It's me, so. me spitballing because I don't know for sure. But I, I can't imagine it's not like a this is what you do every time. And this is the only thing you do because I feel like you probably miss out on mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do it differently. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's a basic format that I found has worked. And then I um, have leave a lot of room for... Um, for it to be personal to the mm-hmm. client that I'm working with at the time. Sure. So is, do you like, did you, have you done them today? Um, not today, but I did have a, um, heart to heart with one of my dear friends about, um, a little like ripple in the friend group. And so I knew that it was really important for me to clear my energy too coming into this so that I was not bringing any leftover, um, just static or any of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, that feeling into this call. And so I do feel like I thought that like the slate, you know, like scene two, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I do feel like that's like a really great analogy to make sure that I'm, coming in neutrally to my calls and into my conversations and not carrying um, residue from other people's trauma, you know, into, into this. And so um, I do, I do find that the, the meditation at the beginning has been really helpful. And I feel that 
Um, I wanted to kind of circle back on a concept. I do think that everybody has the ability to have intuition and that looks different for everyone. Um, and I think that some people just are naturally, just have a natural ability for things, just like some people are naturally good athletes or artists or musicians. Mm -hmm. And we all have our, our natural strengths, but I do think that anybody can learn to do this and practice it and become efficient at it. So, um, so yeah, so this is all part of my practice and part of my, um, daily, you know, evolving and trying to, to do this to the best of my ability and what it look, what that looks like today will hopefully be very different than what it looks like 10 years from now. Well, good. Yeah. That's good. You're open to that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> evolving into mm -hmm. your stuff. Now, if I may ask a question, I don't remember if we talked about this last time or not. But there's a thing with me every day, once a day, whether a.m. or p.m., every single day by sheer happenstance, because we're surrounded by clocks in mm -hmm. your car, mm -hmm. in your phone, microwave the stove. Just I'll be sitting down sending emails on my couch or at the office and I'll get up, walk around to the bathroom. There's a microwave in the break room or in my house. And as I walk by, it's 11, 11. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, doing whatever, kids, okay, do some laundry, turn some TV on while I'm folding laundry, shut it off, go in my room, go to turn my alarm on my cell phone. It's 11-11. Every single day for as long as I can remember, I've glanced at the clock. And not like I'm waiting for 11-11, but just I'm doing something, get in my car, start it. Okay, what time do I have to be there? Look at the clock, see what time it is. It's 11-11. Is it very good or very bad? <clears throat> I think that it's very fun. <laughs> I think that um, it's, it's bizarre. Like it, it's almost not scares me. Like I'm afraid, scared, but just like oh, again, there it is again. Yes. <laughs> like yes. I'll try not to look at the clock, and it's eleven. When I do, it's eleven eleven. Yep. And it's so bizarre to me. So there's a lot of different ways that that people can interpret this. I know there's like a, a very specific um, thing with that particular set of numbers. Um, <clears throat> I do think that a lot of it's like open to interpretation, though, too. And so sure. what I was getting for you was um, that it's that it's to remind you that we are in this like simulation, kind of like more like evidence of the matrix, which, yes. which when you're paying attention to that and you notice that there's these synchronicities, you're that much closer to understanding that if this is possible, that every time I look at a clock, it's 11, 11, what else might be possible? So, so when I say that it's very fun, um, it, what I want to invite you to consider is that if you're able to see these synchronicities, then maybe you can start looking for other synchronicities, like things that are maybe um, more significant to your life. Like maybe you're looking for ways that the universe is opening up for you or the way that your luck is always like everything is always moving in your favor, even when it's things that seem like, Oh, this feels like a challenge. But then if you give it a minute, or, you know, a couple of days or weeks or something, then you might realize like, wow, that challenge that I thought was so crappy is now like, if that hadn't happened, these other things wouldn't have happened. And wow, that was actually a gift for me. Hmm. And, and I'm not, I want to separate this from toxic positivity now, you know, 
It's because that's something different. That's like not where you're a dumpster fire on the inside, but you're just fake smiling like everything's fine and not exactly. dealing with the problem. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Or minimizing people's, you know, true pain. You know, it's not saying like don't sit in the pain, not experiencing mm-hmm. it. You know, like feel it, own it, you know, like feel the texture of it. Like we're here to experience the the whole entire spectrum and fabric of of all of human existence. But what I'm oh. For sure. So, but what I'm saying is like, if you're seeing 1111 and that feels magical to you, or it feels like coincidental, or there's some kind of synchronicity, it means something. Like the third time I was like, oh, it's 1111. And now it's like, God damn it. It's 1111 again, like years, yeah, years. It's crazy. <clears throat> there's a, there's a certain there's a school of thought that 1111 is something specific. And I want to, I'm just going to kind of look it up real quick just to make sure that I'm giving it. um, No, you're you're fine. Yeah. Giving it the, the, okay. So on Wikipedia, it says that it's an example of synchronicity um, that it can uh, be an auspicious sign or signaling a spirit presence. Um, And, and as uh significant in dates. It goes on to, you know, I would, I would definitely research it, but what I was feeling into for you is that it is an invitation to start looking for other synchronicities too. And if that's something that you've noticed that your brain can do, start paying attention to like it, what else might you be looking for and then seeing you know? And so when you start to pay attention to that, like if a person is like always looking for, um, like the way that they're going to be a victim or they're always looking for, you know, that, you know, the world is unsafe or that they're mm-hmm. not worthy of love, then they will continuously find that if a person's all, oh. yeah. So yeah. if a person's always looking for ways that, um, that the world is moving in favor for them. If they're always looking for ways that people are being kind and loving to them, if they're always looking for ways that um, magic is around them or, or cool, you know, coincidences, synchronicities are around them, then they'll see that too. So what I'm sensing this is for you is an invitation to start getting really intentional about what you're looking for. Like maybe experiment with, you know, if you feel like you're seeing a pattern, like you're always having bad luck with something that we talked about last time, <laughs> if you're seeing yes, a pattern, start paying attention to like, how are you always looking for bad luck? Like, how are you like looking for that to happen? And then conversely experiment with what if I started looking for things to like open up for me? What if I started looking for um, abundance? What if I started looking for um, examples of worthiness? What if I started looking for um, I don't know anything that, that feels important to you in the not negative light. Yeah. Experiment with it. I mean, like do both and experiment with it and see what, sure. I mean, you've been doing the the bad luck part. So <laughs> For a long time. Yeah. But then let, the last time we talked, <laughs> I, old friends. yeah. So the, the yeah. last time we talked, I invited you to try something different and start looking for, you know, changing. Cause basically like whatever we're looking for, <clears throat> we're going to see it because we're, we've just kind of got our like, Mm-hmm. We've got our magnifying glasses, you know, in that direction, um, our viewfinder, you know, looking for that, you know, and if oh, you were, for sure. and so, so I think the 1111 is an invitation for you to, 
start being more intentional about what you're actually looking for and how you might find that. Because some people see like two, two, two or four, 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 or like other numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I don't have as much experience with numerology, but people, you know, there are people that get really into that. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's fun. If that feels aligned, maybe look at that too. I'm sure it's a rabbit hole, no matter what. (laughs) All of life is a rabbit hole. All of it. (laughs) Yes. To one thing I will say exactly to what you're saying is I, like the saying, if you think that you'll fail, you're right. Yeah. Because if you're worried about it, you're almost going to make it happen. Yeah. I think I I heard a version that was like, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Oh, you're right. So, yeah. Yes. Same thing. Yeah, same exactly. Thing. Yep. 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 Yeah. And I had something else to go along with what you were saying before, and I can't remember. It's gone. It really is. Like, I've experimented enough over the years with like, you know, manifesting. And I know that's like a, you know, a woo woo word that's getting, you know, overused and contrite at this point. But what, what my takeaway from the whole experience and experiment that I've been doing is that you really have to get yourself ready and like psyched into like the vibration of what you want before you have it. And then that thing will be attracted to your vibration. It's still trying to figure out this whole simulation. Like it's my, it's my belief system that we are, that we're like kind of doing like a role player game. Like we're doing it like Sims or what, you know, we're, Mm -hmm. we're doing like, we're playing a video game here basically. And the real us is like, you know, our soul that's like at another location. And we're just like out here having fun for entertainment's Mm -hmm. sake, you know, just doing this game of life. And so when you get good at, you know, in order to, you know, have a good time with the game and, you know, become proficient at it, you start to notice these synchronicities like, okay. Um, you know, and then you can start to like get clues on the, the programming, you know, the code behind it, you know? So if you're seeing like 11, 11 and that seems coincidental, like maybe that's a clue, maybe there's a message behind that too. And so start looking for other synchronicities. When I, I I just want to know. <laughs> That's all I well, want. Part, I just want all of the answer. I want. I just want to know. The game. The the object of the game is the quest to find those out. So is it the destination or is the journey the game? The journey is the destination. Oh wow! So like it's the the okay. point. The point. The re, the meaning of life is to live it. Like we're just, it's the experience, sure. Okay, okay. Yeah. you know, no, it's that. the, it's the that. everyday, sometimes it's the minutiae, sometimes it's the exciting moments, you know, but it's like, if you were playing a video game and it was just like, <clears throat> and there was just like all the cheat codes were just given to you right away. Like you knew what boards were what, like where you had to go for what thing. And like, you knew that you were going to get to this destination and everything was just laid out before you. Like how fun would that be? Exactly. Not fun. Exactly. You know, the fun is the like testing yourself and like, Oh, like, can I stand so close to this edge without dying? Um, okay. Nope. All right. Game over. Try again. Nope. Um, Yeah. yeah, Like what happens when player two enters? Hmm. (laughs) Now Mm -hmm. we're doing this together. Wow. This is crazy. You know? And, um, and so like, I feel like that has been the best analogy that's helped people understand, including myself, like what we're really doing and to like, take it more lighthearted and to have more fun with it. And oh, yeah, I I know several people to interrupt you and I apologize because I'm going to forget it again. Yeah, no, interrupt me because I'll ramble is like they're just pissed off all the time. I don't care if it's about the car, the work, 
government, COVID, which gave those kind of people just fuel for the next 35 years. Uh, like they're just like if they and I've had this conversation with people. I know people who if they won the lottery and they gave them a suitcase full of cash, they'd bitch because they got it in 20s instead of hundreds. Like you're going to find the negative in every single thing possible. Yeah. And I get upset, not often, but I don't like feeling like that. I can't imagine living my life times 10 angry all the time. I can't like. It's the filter. I, I, I yeah. can't understand. I it's, just don't understand. It's the filter that they're choosing to see the world through. Now, maybe they're, you know, it's not a conscious choice. I don't think anybody would be like waking up and be like, I'm choosing to be a spiteful jerk today. <laughs> like, you know what I'm going to sure. do? I'm not going to do my best. I'm going to do a subpar job. And that's how I'm going to run my day. Like nobody wakes up and says that. Like everyone's doing the best that they can. That's just how they are. Well, I mean, is that's all they know, perhaps? Yeah, maybe it's more like all they know. Like maybe something happened like when they were a kid. You know, I feel like we have a fairly clean slate like when we're born. You know, we're kind of innocent and we're just taking in feedback from, Mm. um, you know, our our surroundings. Exactly. And so we're like learning like, okay, what what simulation am I in now? Like what? Okay, this is what um, this is, you know, how how much I can trust the world. This is what it means to feel love. This is, um, you know, and some people might, you know, this is this is how the world is reacting to me. So this is what my identity is. Um, uh, this is, you know, and they they figure out like they they make a determination of like whether or not the world is safe. They make a determination of whether or not they're worthy of love. They make a determination about um, <clears throat> whether or not. Uh, you know, goodness prevails, you know, and some of those things are like the real core, um, Mm -hmm. the real core perceptions that can shape the trajectory of a person's life, you know? So if a person learns early in childhood, if their parents have this attitude of like, everyone's out to get them, everyone's a crook, you have to like, you know, you have to, you always have to be watching your back. Like, you know, don't be a fool, you know, like the world is just there to screw you. Um, no matter, uh, you know, why may, you know, good grief, you know, Charlie Brown syndrome kind of thing, you know, like if they're taught that, then it's really hard to break out of that. And that's where this like ancestral generational, you know, trauma can come down because Mm -hmm. it's like, my dad said things like this, his dad said things like this, this dad, you know, or, you know, and it'll come down the pipeline where it's just like, you know, the farmers were just cursed. We're just, you know, we've, no matter how far we try to, blah, 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 you know, it's just always, you know, and then you get yeah. these like ancestral stories, you know, but it's all like stories. And mm-hmm. at any point we can choose to say like, this is not how my story is going to end just because my family did this, that, the other, just because my childhood was this, that, the other, just because I, it's always been like this for me up until this stage, you know, doesn't mean that at any point I can't say like, Flip a table, plot twist. I'm doing something totally different, you know. And we all oh, have sure. that free will, but people don't always know. And once they know, it takes a lot of reprogramming to get your neurology to not go back to that negative, defeating thought. And so, and that's where, like, you know, life coaching and you know, therapy and things like that can come into play because 
what I do with my clients is I will help them find a core belief that, that's gotten formed usually before like age 12. Sometimes like things can happen in mm-hmm. the, the teen years, but it's usually like an early childhood <clears throat> Yeah, before, before 12, 11, you know, 10. So there's usually like something dramatic that happened, traumatic that yep. happened. Yep. And then it's, it's, it cemented a core belief that, um, love isn't safe or, um, if, I have this, then I can't have this. Or there'll be some core belief that gets, that gets imprinted because of a traumatic experience. And then that will run the background code for the rest of their reality. Mm. Unless we go in and fix that code. It's like a bug that gets like implanted. And then you're like operating at this reality and not even knowing why, like, I don't want to be living like this, but I can't get out of my own way to do this. And then when they get into a session with me, we go deeper, 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 like into the subconscious, sure. find that mm. little piece of trauma. And then it's like this light bulb goes off like, oh, my God, I've been operating my whole entire life based on this belief system that I don't even isn't really even true anymore. But yeah. it was in that moment. And now that I'm an adult and I'm not a child anymore and I have this power, like I don't need to be operating on that bad piece of code that was placed there by like, it wasn't even me that put it there, you know? And then once we kind of unpack that, then we can like rewrite it with something positive that is productive. And then they, then they're freed from that. And then they can start running their lives in a, with, you know, better coding in the background. And then everything opens up. Do you find, I would assume that they would have to want to? Yes. I mean, if, if they're coming to you, there's a reason. Yes. You know what I mean? If, like you said, that I feel that, you know, I just have no luck with this, whatever their case is, they have to want yes. to to fix it. Exactly. However you want to word it. They, you can't hold them down and say, here's your problem. Like, push a button and then poof, it's Yeah, fixed. it's like, not they have me. To want to, yeah, it's not me actually doing the change. It's me guiding them and teaching them about how the brain works and how we imprint memories and how they can run background code. Like the, all I'm doing is teaching them the mechanism and then Guide. and then helping and then I'm guiding them back to that spot and oh, then yeah. they have to do they ha- they're the ones that has to do the the alchemy, you know, they have to rewrite that code. Mm-hmm. They have to do it. Um and you know so there's no electroshock therapy or something. I mean, I, I definitely am trying to like do my best, you know, to help them, you know, psychically, you know, I'm definitely like doing like everything that feels, you know, aligned and consensual in my power. You know, there's, I have had healers work on me that did things that I was like skeptical that I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. This sounds really like new agey. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not even really sure. Like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't really believe it. Mm. And, and it worked anyway. Even though I didn't believe it, it still worked. And so. But you were still open to trying it. I was open to like seeing what was on the menu, you know, and then sometimes they're like serving me this thing and I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is, I don't know about this, you know? And Mm -hmm. then, and then like afterwards, I'm like, all of a sudden I have tools that I did not have before. And I have, um, things like I have a different approach to things that I did not have before. And it wasn't even a. Um, I don't remember doing anything like doing a process myself or doing any Mm -hmm. work for myself or even believing it, but it worked. And so that's, so, so there is, there are some things out there that 
are not like you don't have to like have the buy-in. Um, sure. <clears throat> yep. That, and they can still work, but you know, typically the stuff that I'm, I'm not quite to that level yet. I don't think some people might say that I am, but I'm still learning that, um, sure. to like where, whether you believe it or not, like I'm, I'm going to fix you, you know, but I don't, sure. I, I'm not there yet, you know, but, um, yes. I, you know, and then I guess there is still like a participation part too. Cause like even, even that type of healing that I've had, I still have to like, um, make the decision. follow follow their guidance and consciously decide to do what they're offering or just not you or like do? once i i mean like there is a there is a participation in the awareness you know like once i'm aware mm. that like okay something that would have like completely like put me into a depression or whatever before now is like oh, this isn't fun but i have tools now that i didn't have before that i can work with um and then i have to make the conscious choice not to just like plummet my stock, you know, and just be like, okay, yeah. well, I'm just going to choose to throw all these tools out the window just because I didn't work hard for them. Like no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that, that attitude, like it's not, that's, that's a little bit of a backwards thing too. Like anything worth having is worth, worth working hard for. Like that's where, that's where we get into scarcity mindset. So there's been some times that I've said to myself, <clears throat> okay, so I received this healing. I feel like I have more tools. I don't really remember consciously working for it. I just showed up in this class with these people and I paid the money and now I'm here and (laughs) I did, it feels really easy. And, um, I guess I'm just going to like go ahead and run with this rather than being like, well, this Mm -hmm. can't be true. I'm going to like sabotage myself just so that I can be fighting it or whatever. So that I can be right. Or so that it can make sense for me. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, so I don't do that. I do participate by not doing self-sabotage, which I feel like is the least we can do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just sit through it. Yeah. But some people like self-sabotage is their thing, you know, that's their kink. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Do you, the other question I had just out of curiosity, and if you don't have any, I don't want to say experience, uh, feel free to just say, I don't have any idea, but, um, I've found just in people I know in real life, when they have, they grow up in a, uh, household where there is traditionally one and the other kind of goes hand to hand, either alcohol and abuse or drugs and abuse. Mm -hmm. When they get older, like they'll be three, four siblings, Mm -hmm. two of them are terrible abusive alcoholics and mm-hmm. the other two refuse. They won't touch alcohol. Mm-hmm. Like they, they either follow in the footsteps <clears throat> or it's a complete 180. Yeah. And I think that's very strange because you'd think if you had the same trauma, you would either all be abusive alcoholics or you would all be 100% anti-alcoholic. You won't touch the stuff and the sweetest person ever. Like I, how, do you have any, I guess, thoughts on why that may, why one, two kids, same house, two years apart, one goes one way, one goes <laughs> the other yeah, way? Yeah, it's I, just, it's, it's just always baffled me. Yeah, that, that happens a lot, you know, that, so typically what would happen too is like, even if the person was like, okay, I'm not going to touch alcohol, then they might need to like work through some codependence. They might have a different, well, I'm not saying they're issue free, right? <laughs> but they're not, they don't have <laughs> the same issues perhaps. Yeah. So, um, so, so something that, that like there, there usually is kind of a clear split, um, that people are like, well, this is the way we've done it. I'm just going to go in this direction. And then there's a, a place of like, where we're like, this is how I'm going to be versus like, I'm going to do everything I can to not be like this. And so, yeah. you know, and I think that we, um, you know, we humans brains do kind of want to work in like ones and zeros and black and white, you know, we want to yep. be like, yep. okay, yep. like either 
<clears throat> yes, be just like this, just because this is what was taught to me or, you know, aversion to this because I can't deal with that. You know, I can't, I, I don't ever want to feel like that again. Um, mm-hmm. And so what happens with, um, you know, typically with children in settings like that is um, uh, some of them may end up taking more of a care taker role. Like they might end up being like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, dad's drunk again. Um, my little brother like needs to like get up and go to school. I guess even though I'm 10, I guess I'm going to like have to take over Fair and do this. Yeah. And so often the, the ones that end up taking the responsibility and trying to create, create more safety in the home for themselves and the others are potentially sometimes the ones that end up you know, be having the aversion to it. And then they have their own set of, you know, addictive qualities, which come with like caretaking and like codependency and like being a hero complex savior, stuff like that. That's typically, Mm -hmm. typically that's, you know, it usually goes one of two directions like that, but nobody gets out unscathed from something like that. For sure. Yes. I was just curious your take on, and that makes perfect sense where, because unless you have triplets, you're going to have older siblings, younger siblings, Mm-hmm. None of what's happening in the house is their fault. So you would hope naturally the older one would do some of the caretaking, sees what it's like, is a little more with it. So when they get older, like you said, they I don't want anything to do with that. I dealt with that my whole childhood. So, yeah, that makes I've, sense. yeah, there's a yeah, I, ha- I have a couple like relationships in my life that I have like a case study of like, you know, three children grown up and like what the oldest child, middle child and younger child has done with that, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. it's been, it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, uh, often I'll see sometimes the youngest child will fare better if the situation was handled or like maybe like there was a divorce or some, mm-hmm. you know, grandparents stepped in or something like that. Like, um, and then sometimes like, you know, it ends up being the baby that yeah ends up being the caretaker. There's a whole lot of like dynamics that that oh, can happen, sure. but I think I do think, okay. So another cool caveat <clears throat> is I, before I was doing this type of work, I was a postpartum doula. And so I work with newborn babies. And so I would come oh. right when the babies are home and, um, help with, you know, help raise them and take care of the mom and get everybody, you know, assimilated into their new normal. And mm-hmm. often postpartum partum doulas will be called in to work with multiples. So I've worked with twins right. and triplets a lot. And um, a few Little of babies. I know, they're so squishy. <laughs> um, and, and then I've had the, the amazing opportunity to get to like actually raise some of these children for several years. Um, there's one, nice. one a set of twin girls that I worked with that um, I worked with them until they were, they're 15 years old now. <laughs> I came on when they were right. like two weeks and I got to, and I, ra- I worked with them up until, you know, uh, 13, 14 until they really didn't need a babysitter, you know, or a person. <laughs> so what does that, uh, just because I don't know, some other people might not know. Do you, is that like, that's going to sound <clears throat> stupid. Like a live in nanny. Do you show up during the day and then you go home? Like what, what did that job entail? Like, did you live right there with yeah, them? Yeah, that, um, that's, que- that's a great question. So for this particular, it's different for every client and different for every doula, depending on what, you know, everybody wants to mm. do. For this particular mm. client, I was working overnights with them so that they um, could work with their kids during the day and then they could sleep at night because it was such a handful. And then they had an older child yep. too, you know, that was an older sister. And so um, I worked with them, like I, I 
was doing overnights for, for a while until the babies were sleeping through the night and they really wanted Mm -hmm. their philosophy was very, very gentle, like attachment parenting. And they wanted to like have the children sleep through the night naturally on their own, um, before I stopped coming. And so I would literally like go there and spend the night and hold one of the babies while we (laughs) slept because she could not, she could not like, she was so tender that she like, like wanted to be held like all through the night. Sure. Until yep. she was like, you know, two and a half years old or something. And so like I would go Damn. there and get paid to sleep while holding this child. And so you know um, how many people and I know who would just hold a baby for free. It was wonderful. That's, that's fantastic. It was absolutely yeah. amazing. A beautiful experience. And then eventually, you know, she was sleeping through the night and then I started um, spending more time with them during the day. And um, and mm-hmm. then I, you know, stayed with them all through like puberty and everything. And it was like so like these girls are like maturing and oh, my goodness. And, you know. And the, the cool part was the reason I launched into this like multiples talk is because they were fraternal twins. Um, okay. and, but they were raised exactly the same way. It was like, yep. so like it, it's a, it's an argument for nature versus nurture. They were, their personalities when they were two weeks old, their, their dispositions are the same as they are now. Like one of them is very much like wants to be held is kind of like, timid and like a little mousy thing yeah, she just like she just wants to be snuggled i mean they're you know they're both they, they have their own outspoken moments too you know mm-hmm. but like but um but she just is very very affectionate wants to be cuddled always wants to be touched like love language her t- uh, love language um her one number one love language is touch she always wants to be cuddled i'll rub my foot you know like all this yeah. <laughs> every time yep, yep. when i'm over there and then the other one is friendly and social, but when she's done with people, she's done, you know? And that was how she was when she was a tiny baby. Like when she'd had Mm -hmm. enough, she was like, put me down. Don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Like put me to sleep. I'm done. I'm good. I'm done with this, you know? And she's the same way too. Like her, her disposition, she's like, okay, we're having fun. We're having fun. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to go and take a break from all you people right now. So bye. You know, And um, and that's what she Mm -hmm. does. And there's other features too, but it was really interesting to get to see and I've taken care of so many newborns, like when they are yes. just like fresh, they haven't been conditioned. There's not a lot, you know, other than like the birth, you know, there's not a lot to they're like brand new. They're yes. clean slate, like, you know, clack the mm-hmm. slate, scene yeah. one, act one, scene one, like, here we go. Yeah, opening exactly. credits, you know? And so, um, but I've gotten the opportunity to stay with them because I do get attached and, you know, and I'll end up even just like babysitting, you know, for date nights mm-hmm. or whatever. And I stay with these children for years and raise them like they're my own and see how amazing it is that they're born with a certain disposition and they're Mm -hmm. still like that. It doesn't go away. And so Mm -hmm. all this to say that some people that are born into, you know, abusive, um, alcoholic families and things like some of them are just naturally going to be, um, are going to just get caught up in it and just be like, well, this is what we're doing. I can't cope. So I'm going to numb or escape. Sure. And then other ones are going to be like, okay, someone's got to be an adult here. Somebody has to keep mm-hmm. us safe. It's going to, it might as well be me, you know? And, yep. and so well, whatever, if it was abusive or normal, that's still their personality. That's how they are. They're just trying to deal with the situation that they're in. Exactly. That's, I never thought about it like that. Cause yeah, you're, I mean, if you raise two, three, four kids that you have on your own, yes, they're at different times, but most of the my family is a fairly large family and they're all pleasant people, mm-hmm. but they're all completely different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. my mom is one of 16. Everybody gets along. Uh, I know big guys. Yes. Um, but they, 
they all love each other. They all get along. Similar senses of humor and stuff, but they're different personalities. Yeah. And you'd think you'd just, I mean, it's like a assembly line. You'd think they would just be all the same one after another. But no, it's even my two boys are night and day. Yeah. And every, every physical and emotional and mental they're complete opposite. And if you think about <clears throat> how they were when they were newborn babies, sometimes even like right when they come out, how they act. Um, exactly if you think same. about it, like, yeah, it's like how much of that is mm-hmm. who they are now today, right? Yep. There's a, there's a thread there, right? Like a place that you can recognize, right? Oh, abs- at the time, it's just a baby and you're tired and they're crying and they're hungry and their head smells good when you give them the bath. And like, it's just a baby. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. So you don't know any different. But when you have the second baby, it's like, oh, this one like this. Okay, he likes this. We'll do this. Mm-hmm. You know, just some of them like to be snuggled tight. Some like to have their arms up, whatever. Yeah, just different temperaments. But then as they get older, it's like, yep, that's still Nick. Yep. That's still Logan. Yep. They're exactly the same as they were when they were a month old. Just bigger and eat more. Yes. <laughs> that's so, really it. So there's also a – so to, to kind of tie this full circle as well – Something that I do is really help people remember who they were when they were first here, because I think that is the most pure essence of your identity and your personality and like the truest, your truest form. So when we, I believe that we have this, you know, this essence of our being that when we can get back to that and remember like some of this like pure energy form that we were when we were born. I believe that that there's there's medicine in that. There's magic in finding out, like remembering who you were when you first came here because I think you're going to get a lot more clues and um, direction on what your true purpose is and have a more like, – like how you can have a higher vibrational experience. And like, you know, it's, it's almost like getting back to the – the core of, you know, your simulation, you know, like you can put on all these, like, you know, the different avatar skins or like whatever, you know, but like, what's really, really important is like that core being. Um, And before any outside influences before anything else. Yeah. Because like the world will like, like you come into the world, like with this like innocence, this like purity where you're, um, you know, anything's possible. And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and maybe you, maybe you believed in good luck when you were a tiny thing. Maybe you thought, oh, sure. Yeah. And so before it got beaten out exactly. of you as a, yeah, you as get, a you teenager know, you get told and a 20 that, year old. And- yeah. You get told that, you know, you're not special. And like you get told that, like, um, you know, like magic is a fairy tale. You get told that, like, you know, your imaginary friend isn't real or like guardian angels aren't real. And then there's like, you know, oh, organized religion is like, uh, oh, drama and dogma. And then like, you know, mm-hmm. politics and then, you know, and just trauma, just you know, all this life in general this stuff yes. happens, you know. And so the something that I found has been really effective is trying to go back and like really reclaim that pure energy of who you were when you first came here, because I think that. That's when we can get as close to that as possible. And that is like really your authentic self and like really remembering that and really cultivating that and getting back to that place. Like before the, the world, like slapped mm. all the like yeah. magic out of you, you know, yeah. beat your beat yeah. down, like, you know, and, and it's possible. Um, and it's funny, like through all this work that I've been doing for myself, remembering like what I wanted to be when I was a little girl and when I look, when I take a step back and really look at it, like I've actually gotten to like all those things at different points that I wanted to be throughout my childhood. 
what mm-hmm. I wanted to be when I grew up. Like I've gotten to do all those things. Like I have been all those things. Nice. And when you go back and really reflect on your, your childhood and do like inner child healing, um, there's some, there, it's almost like a, like a love note to yourself. Like you find this, this relationship, sure. like where you're like, Oh yeah, I actually remember you. You're still inside me. Um, and, <clears throat> and, and look how great some of these things have been like, yeah, there's some, been some stuff that hasn't been great, but like when you go back and you remember that you kind of start to see the things in a different light, like it changed my perspective. Like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to do all those things. And I wanted to be like this. And now once I've gone through all the hoops and like gotten back to like the core essence of my authenticity, like I'm still that person. And it's like this reunion. I don't know. It's weird. It's a, it's a, it's a really existentially unique like relationship. Is it making sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, absolutely. I know exactly what you're saying. I just never thought of it like that, I guess. Cause you just grow. You think you are, I don't want to say bettering yourself, but like you're older, you're wiser, you're whatever. But if you can in fact learn something from before you were older and wiser because everything you learn is how you are, like you said, the personalities in the babies, mm-hmm. that's how you're born. Yeah. How you act, maybe, or how you respond to things, to me, is somewhat of a learned mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. So if you can see what you were like before, you're an asshole at 30 or <laughs> you have good luck or bad luck or whatever, sure. that I can see how that would be helpful. Yeah. So what happens is we have first there's a thought and then we form a belief around it. And then there's usually an emotion that's attached to it. And then that will dictate a behavior. Okay. Makes sense. So when we dissect that and we can say like, okay, well, I, you know, to reference like the, the personality type where everyone you know, the, the chip on your shoulder, like somebody's always going to be, you know, mm-hmm. something negative is always going to come through. Um, so like maybe they think like, maybe the thought is, um, is life inherently good? And then the, um, and then the belief about it is like, no, cause that one time when I, you know, got, you know, I won the spelling bee, but then somebody put a, a kick me sign on my back and I walked up on stage like that. And then everyone saw, and then it was like, you know, I couldn't even have a win, you know, you know, like whatever thing that like a person yeah. wants. Yep. So they form a belief about, I, you know, I can never fully win something without there being a, a fallout. Um, oh, sure. And then there's an emotion of like, um, this, you know, everything sucks you know, or like, yeah. um, you know, just like, don't get your hopes up. It's not safe to, it's not safe to believe in something purely good. It's not, don't get your hopes up. Don't get attached to like winning, Mm -hmm. winning, you know, things like that. And then they start to just behave in this way where they start, you know, then their behavior is affected where they start always looking for the catch, always looking for how they're going to get screwed. Oh, sure. And then, and then you all, and then that's what you find, you know, inevitably what you look for, you find. And so when you are really understanding the human brain, the way that the, the computer works and dictating our behavior, then you can go back to the root of it and say, I'm going to start with a first thought. I'm going to get back to the root of that thought. And I'm going to remember that when I was a child, I believed that I could do anything and I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to that core belief um, that I wanted to be, you know, a mother, a doctor, a teacher, you know, 
a healer, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm going to like stick to that belief. and I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to start to like kind of infuse all of my thoughts with that belief that I can, I can be anything that I want to be and I can do anything that I want to do. And I'm going to like, this is a generic one, but you know, this is for the sake of this. So, (laughs) so, so like, uh, so then I start to like tell myself, I, I believe this, like I can do anything that I want. Um, and I, and I say that to myself and I keep, and I get those thoughts like kind of more like, you know, um, imprinted and sometimes it's hmm. very conscious, you know, sometimes I have to like repeat it to myself, like a mantra. Sometimes I have to like something bad sure. will happen. I'll be like, Oh no, this is terrible. What am I going to do? I feel like a failure. And then I'm like, Nope, Nope, Nope. I have to catch myself and like sure. get myself back into the, the thought that where I want to be, because I know that my thoughts beget my beliefs, beget my emotions, beget my behaviors. And sure. so that's why it's so important to like stay on top of your thoughts. And the cool thing, circling it back to like eleven eleven, if you're thinking like synchronistic synchronistically, every time I look at the clock, it's gonna be eleven eleven. And so you continue to see that. What else might you be able to create in your reality with your thoughts? Uh, it, anything, apparently. I I think so. I <laughs> think so. Faced. Yeah. I mean yeah. and and it's not even it's I can't get over this eleven eleven thing because it's it's not that unless I'm subconsciously thinking about it, but like I it's out of my head. I just have to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So I get up and I walk around and I'm like, oh <clears throat> Jesus, it's eleven eleven. Like I'm not walking out there like, ooh, is it eleven eleven? You know what I mean? It's it's out of my head. <clears throat> I've got nine other things going on. I walk out there and it hits me. That's why 11. that's why these these things can be so tricky too, because it, it does happen in the subconscious. It does happen. And that's why, like, you know, I, you know, through this work that I've been doing and, you know, receiving um coaching and counseling and, and mm-hmm. um healing myself, like I found a couple things, like there was a couple weeds in my garden, like a couple beliefs that <laughs> I was like, what is that doing there? Like I don't really weeds in my garden. I don't like really that. believe that. Like that might have been true at one moment when I was like a child and like I didn't have control over whatever. But like mm-hmm. I don't actually believe that. But I was able to trace this behavior back to that that subconscious belief that like was running like its own script in the back of my head without me knowing, like, I don't want to believe that this is wrong, you know? And so then I go in and I dig it out and then I plant the belief that I want there instead. Like, you know, I, Mm -hmm. you know, I have power, I have control. I'm like, you know, I'm not a victim, you know, these, these things, you know, like plant these, plant these new seeds. And then all of a sudden your life is changing, like on this plane on like consciously, in this oh, timeline. It goes downhill, it affects yeah. other things and whatever. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. like, so really that's, you know, part of the secret is of manifesting is like really training your mind to have the thought, like consciously have the thoughts that you want to have and then do the work to see if there's other unconscious, you know, limiting beliefs that you're having. Um, hmm. and, and you can very much simultaneously be running, like be really conscientiously, manifesting thinking about what you do want and then there's a subconscious thing that's like gonna like pull the rug out from underneath you at the last minute oh sure so it's important to do both you know and then Mm -hmm. also i just feel compelled to say this because this is a part that's missing from the secret that the famous book about manifesting is you have to like you have to tie your things that you want to emotions to your emotional body and to your physical body with sensations so when you're thinking about what do I want to happen? I have to think about, okay, what am I going to feel when that happens? 
um, emotionally and what am I going to sense in my body when that happens physically? Okay. So that's a little bit of a offshoot, but I feel compelled to, to say that every time we talk about this, cause that's something that's missing. Is that like the, the conditioning thing? Like the smoker who's quitting and snaps the rubber band on his wrist every time he wants a cigarette. Or is that something completely different? Um, it probably could work like a, yeah, like a, you know, Pavlovian type of thing. It could probably, I, I, <laughs> Basically, like you snap it instead of having a smoke because then it takes your mind off having a smoke. Right. And then you move on from it. Yeah. Like that's, that's, it could be, it could work like that. What I'm, what I'm picturing is that, okay. You can say, you can say no. Your face says no. No, it's not. My face is like, I don't, my my face, this is, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know face. Like, is it also, I have no problem saying no. Um, So um, when I, when I think about, my understanding of why it's important to tie an emotion and a sensation to your manifestations. It's because when we dream, it's in the astral plane. When we have like, when we create and imagine it's in the astral plane, but what brings it into this dimension, into this reality is doing something physical with it. You know, when a, when an inventor has an idea for something, and they think about like what might be possible, it's just going to stay up in that maybe space, that astral plane, Mm -hmm. unless they bring it, unless they do something to actively bring it to fruition in this lifetime, in this, in this timeline, in this, in this simulation. Okay. Otherwise, yeah. Otherwise it's just, you know, codes sitting on someone's desk or it's like a, Mm -hmm. a tool that you haven't, you know, uh, like if you're playing the simulation, it's like a weapon that you haven't like unlocked yet, you know? Sure. And so, so what I, uh, from what I understand about manifesting that it's really important to, to tie it to this avatar, you almost have to like, sew it to your body, to your being, you know, cause we're these like, shadow. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you for picking up on that reference. That's what I was (laughs) referencing. Exactly. So it's like, you have to like, you have to attach it to this like avatar mm-hmm. by, you know, we are an emotional body, you know, we have an emotional body in, in addition to our you know physical body. So you have to tie it to your emotional body and your physical body by thinking about the sensations that you're going to feel like the five senses. Like when you, um, when you get to uh, Machu Picchu, like what it's going to feel like, like sitting on See, the stone. That's what, what you were asking What me. it's going to feel like when that breeze blows through, what it's going to smell like. You know, and I have I, I I had zero good answers for you because because you're beginning, no, you're beginning, and that's okay. I was gonna say nobody who who asks that. Yeah, no, nobody's ever asked you that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, you went to Florida for the first time. Cool. <clears throat> how did how did your body feel? That's it. Just threw me for a left it's because not the I, heat, it's the humidity. That's how my body did, felt. Yeah, my body felt right. like it was well, melting. <laughs> I prefer Nevada. Yes, it's a dry heat at 112. It's not. But I just—it's—I don't want to say it's an odd question, but no one's ever asked me that before, so I had no idea how to respond to it. But once you did, then I was like, I guess I'll have to think about it to actually answer the question and not just completely ignore it and move over it. We're so, so yeah, we're so used to like ignoring our bodies. We're so used to ignoring our emotions. You know, we're taught to like, you know, no pain, no gain, like suffer through it, shut it down. You know, don't, don't feel it. And sometimes people like their bodies have been like violated and they've had to like disassociate in order to survive a situation. You know, we're taught, we're taught to like do, um, we're so disconnected from our bodies, like even in American culture, because we're like, um, you know, 
I'm not going to get into all this cultural stuff, but there's a lot of reasons that we that no, we disconnect. I, I get it. Yeah. If, if I if you see not you, I'm guessing not you, most people. If you see someone on the street, let's say you haven't seen them for a couple months, ex coworker, a former not former friend, but just someone you haven't seen for mm-hmm. a while, an acquaintance, and they say, "Hey, how's it going?" What do most people say? I'm just fine. Oh, good. Fine. Yeah, good. Good, I'm good. good. No problem. Your house could be burning down as you say it, but it fe- almost, I would say subconsciously, I I feel like if I don't say, oh, I'm good, you know, how are you? If I were to say, well, actually, you know, they're going to go. Ugh. Nobody really, like, I mean, often. <laughs> they don't, they don't, they're not asking me to tell them how I'm actually feeling. It's another way to me that I feel people are like just saying, hi. Like, how's, how's it going? It going? Yeah. That, that's another way of saying hi. I don't care. I'm, it's a rhetorical, how's it going? Right. I don't care how you're doing. I'm acknowledging that I see you, so I don't be a dick. But I don't want to know. <laughs> because if you actually sat down and were like, well, let me tell you how I'm doing. Nobody nobody cares. Well, Most people, most people I don't want don't want the real answer to that question. And then that's when we can, you know, like, how's it going? It's going, you know? And then if they, and if they truly Mm -hmm. care, they could be like, ah, you know, living the dream. Okay. You know, or they can be like, no, I actually do really care. Like what's going on. Are you okay? You know? Yes. No. And there's like, you can tell if it's a close friend and they're like, uh, you know, getting by. Yeah. Like they have the mannerism, the tone of their voice, the hesitation, like there's, What's going on, man? You know, like you can tell. Yeah. My, if it's someone you know well enough and you care about, but I, th- I think 99% of people, how's it going? Good. You, yep, good. Okay. And you just yeah, keep going keep down going, the aisle. You don't want to get store. into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not appropriate to, you know, but, um, and I do yes. think that it is important to ask consent. Like, do you really want to know? You know, like this might not be a good time for us to talk about this. Oh, if you want to catch up on the phone later when I can sure. tell you all about, you know, mm-hmm. Whatever dot, dot, it dot. may be. Yeah. So um, one of the things that, that um, one of my dearest friends asks me whenever I'm having a moment, she goes. <laughs> a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I like to call it that. You know, our words, our words like are that. spells. Use them wisely. That's why they call it spelling, well, you know. Yeah. So like I'm not like rather than like I'm having a tragedy. Like my life is in shambles. You know, I'm having a moment mm-hmm. and it will pass, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I like you know, that. I'm feeling like completely distressed in this moment and that's okay. It's going to pass, you know. Um, so when I'm having a moment, um, she goes like rather than like, are you okay? You know, what's wrong with you? You know, she goes what she says to me, what do you need? And it's not Mm -hmm. like a, um, it's, and I know that she's the way that the tone that she says it. And I know that she's like sincerely asking me, it does two things. It does two things. And I I love it because it makes me, it takes me out of my emotional freak out Mm -hmm. and puts Mm -hmm. me into logic. Like, okay, like I'm having all these emotions and everything seems dramatic, but like, what do I actually need? Okay. Let me move into solving mode. Sure. And then it also takes me, um, takes, uh, allows me to take a step back and look at like, okay, um, I just need a hug or I need, I'm having like low blood sugar and the situation seems sure. bigger than it is because my, you know, nerves are, mm-hmm. you know, not doing so like I mm-hmm. need a snack and I need a hug or I need, I need to be reassured that like, I'm not crazy or I need to, I need to hear that my feelings are valid or I need, um, or I need like you to stick up for me in this situation or, or, sure. or I need to talk to a lawyer. Lo- I, I need to be alone. Yeah. Or, or I need to talk to a lawyer or, you know, like, 
<laughs> yes. Um, that's a good way to me. That would kind of, especially if someone's having a moment, as you said, that's it again, not odd, but a very different thing to say. So it almost catches them off guard. It makes me, to it me, takes me it would out be like of the drama. Your hands, it snaps you like, yeah, come out of it. Yeah. Calm down. Yeah. And tell me how you can fix it. It takes me out of the emotional drama and puts me into the logical solution. And nine times out of 10, I realize that it's something that I can do for myself. And so it empowers me. It empowers me. And if it is something that I need to ask for help, it gets me really clear on what my request is so that she can assist me without the drama and the, you know, fanfare. Again, because you're a different person than most. Do you find it difficult to ask when you do need help? Because I know a lot of people who wouldn't take help if you offered because they're going to do it themselves or they'll get it figured out. You know what I mean? Are you, do you find it difficult when you genuinely just someone to talk to and not like lifting a couch into your house or something, but just help in general. A lot of people are of the mindset like, Nope, I, I can do it on my own. And they um, suffer through the mental anguish or when they literally could just talk to someone like this is my problem, blah, blah, blah. And then they feel better. Yeah, I I feel like I'm I'm at a pretty good I am ferociously independent in some areas. Um, sure. But I also through. I, I know when I need help, I do. And I'm and I'm not afraid to ask hmm. for it because I know that that's actually the wiser, stronger thing to do. Um, sure. And I also know that. um I think that being honest with yourself and your own limitations is a form of strength. Um, mm-hmm. And, and also uh, sometimes I just, you know, just even having another person there to witness me processing my own stuff is enough. Sure. Just um, to have someone there. Just, they don't yeah. have to do anything in particular, just hold space. There. Yeah. Just hold space. Mm-hmm. Like while I'm sorting through my own stuff and maybe like give a reflection, like, is this true? Is this real? Is this okay? Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Carry on. Now the next thought is, you know, but, um, but I, I think that um, I really want to take away the stigma of um, getting help. I think that, um, that receiving help is healthy, strong, um, empowering, um, oh, for sure. I think that there's some weird, we got some weird kink in the programming, you know, with like, oh, we there's a few of them out do there. Do it all, like, do <laughs> it all on your to own. Be omitted, yes. Yeah. Like it's, and honestly, it like, it makes us all better. And it, like, it, all of us like rise when we help each other. You know, it creates mm-hmm. community, it creates bonds, it creates friendships, it creates um, wisdom. You know, like, well, this is what I did and this person helped me. Maybe this advice will help you. And it creates, it creates, um, humanity when we help each other. Um, that's what we're here to do. Like, um, I heard a, I was listening to this other podcast that said that, um, human babies and primate babies like apes and whatnot Mm -hmm. are naturally helpful beings. Like even when they were Mm. like pre-verbal or like not, you know, with very, very tiny, like even like a, um, I think it was like a child that was like 12 months or something, barely a year old um if if they're spending time with their mom and she was like putting they did this experiment where they're putting um clothes on a clothesline if the mom drops mm-hmm. the thing the baby will like reach up and hand it to her inherently just go we are inherently help. helpful we inherently sure. want to help and so when a person is confident enough to ask for help 
then not only are, do they have a better chance of getting what they need to you know, get through their situation, but also they're giving the person that's helping a chance to fulfill their purpose as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that, like the joy of giving kind of situation sure. as well. Sure. That makes good sense. I know there's a lot of people who fell off that one. And this probably has nothing to do with it, but just the thought that popped into my head was uh, 9-11, like the actual 9-11. In my lifetime, I have never seen people, helpful is the wrong word, but just get along, help each other if you need help, money, time, resources, whatever, in the month after that. Mm -hmm. And it's just sad that you had to have such tragedy in order. Why can't you do that every day? Why would we have to have something horrible happen in order to be like, oh, we're all in it the same thing? You know what I mean? I, we missed just, such an just opportunity. Just do it every day. Yeah. Just do it every day, people. How hard is it? Joel, I got this download during this, like the beginning of the pandemic. We missed such an opportunity as humanity to come together to fight this like invisible enemy, even like with nine 11, it was, you know, the terrorists and Al Qaeda or whatever. Sure. And so it was like yeah. us against them. And it was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing this thing, but we, as a global humanity, we missed such yeah. an opportunity with this pandemic to fight this invisible thing. It wasn't even a human we would be fighting. Yep. We missed the boat so bad on how a lot of balls dropped on that. We could sure. have we could have come together and created like world peace with this or mm-hmm. at least a moment of that, at least like a season of like we're all in this together and we yep. royally screwed it up. It it to me it went the opposite it way. It was it like times 10. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Still bad. <laughs> yeah. I if it ever goes back to the what it was before that, I will be amazed. I'm choosing to um, rather than just like focus on how utterly disastrous that situation went. I'm choosing to to truly um, be the change. And that sounds cliche. That sounds a little cliche, maybe too. But what the, the download that I got about truly being the change, that the thing that's actually going to help us overcome, override the situation. And I said this on another podcast I was on recently, and it's like, sure. it's one of my biggest messages that I have to share during this time. Is the, the, share away. The download that I got was that there's so much, there's like something kind of nefarious happening with the media, like with, you know, trying to make reality appear a certain way, mm-hmm. all these biases and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's not unlike, um, some like religious propaganda that's happened in the past, like mind control stuff. Sure. It's not unlike that. And what, what's happening is we are looking to screens and media and phones and all this like digital format of, um, where we're getting our information from and getting Mm -hmm. these interesting skewed viewpoints. And so what's happening is we're, you know, some of us are blindly trusting that and then it just, and, but then we really don't know what the truth is. It's gotten, it's gotten out of hand. Oh, for sure. So the solution to that, let me have it. This is the download that I got is that if as many of us that can, can sit and meditate and think about the most utopian world 
the world mm-hmm. where maybe we did take the opportunity to band together against this invisible enemy that's not a human. You know, if we um, like the 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 world that we want, like moving forward, if we all sat in meditation a couple minutes each day and imagined the most beautiful existence in this simulation that we can. And we just sent those signals out into the airwaves and we, and we think about like what it's going to feel like emotionally, what it's going to feel like in our bodies when we have Mm, that, that if we, that's manifesting. (laughs) If we, if we take the time to sit in that utopian bliss that the, and create that and create that vibration that we can, if enough people are doing it with enough intensity that we can override the airwaves of this manipulative stuff that's happening. Well, I certainly hope so, because that would be one hell of an easy solution. The, the hardest to learn is the least complicated. The thing like meditation, yeah. meditation is one of the the best things that anybody can do. And it's free and it's like anyone can do it. There's no like, but, yes. but how many people do it? How many people say they can't do it? Uh, lots and the people that I know or that I've heard, there's a few people that I know who do. And there's a lot of people who I've heard speak on it who do. And like, eh, it took a while. Like I thought, eh, yeah, whatever. So I tried it here and there. Now it's like part of their, like you work out, you do yoga, cool down, meditate. Like that's my rich. Have you I, ever, like my, I, I do it. Have I do you it ever heard someone say meditation ruined my life? No, have no. you ever Either heard? They, they love it or they just weren't able to get into it. So yeah. those are those are the two things that those are the only two versions I've ever heard. Have you ever said like, have you ever heard anybody say like meditation just took me down the wrong path? Like I just <laughs> meditation was such a waste of my time. You know, like this is Wisconsin. Usually I, it's the beer that took you the wrong if path. If only I yeah. hadn't spent all that time meditating, then I could have had like, nobody yeah, ever exactly. says that. Because mm-hmm. meditation right. is the, that is the way that we plug into source, just like what I was doing with you earlier. You know, it mm-hmm. is a way that we recharge our system, the way that we cut off the extraneous BS that's put there by other people, thought firms, places, things like where we just get really pure with our creator or whatever it is that you believe source. We plug into the grid, ground and coil into the earth so we can like discharge chaos energy. We just get really still in our being. And that's when you're the closest to that essence that you were when you were a newborn too. The most and pure form that you can be in. Like you said, it's free. Five minutes of your day. Yeah. <laughs> just trust to do. Yeah. I did practice, not want to meditate. Practice I did this meditation. Don't do meditation. Practice. Yeah. Like doctors. It doesn't have to be perfect. Keep- doing it and it will get i want to say i've heard people say who got into it like you it doesn't get easier you get better at it yes ding 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 you've got it that's and i am not practicing meditation though i should um don't shit all over yourself what what i've heard (laughs) yes i'm so relaxed (laughs) shit all over Um, yourself (laughs) what other people who who do it who practice it have said that it just, it's just time. It is like a game I started changer. literally just laid in bed right before I fell asleep and like 30 seconds listened to like focused on listening to my breathing in and out. And then I was asleep. Mm-hmm. And then they had, you know, whether it was classes or online stuff or whatever, read into other 
forms of meditation, you know, kind of expanded, tried this, tried that, whatever, but literally as simple as laying in bed. When you're ready to go to sleep, laying still and just breathing, and that's it. It doesn't get any easier than that. Yep. And you know, it's funny. It's funny. I saw, I saw a meme or a joke the other day that says, um, thinking about how when you are trying to fall asleep, you have to like lay still and like pretend like you're already asleep and then you fall asleep. And (laughs) that's such a testament to Mm -hmm. manifesting because if you sit and you imagine that the thing is already how it is, that your life is already that way, that you already have that, that thought form or that reality or this thing, you know, that you're trying to pull in every night that you fall asleep is proof that that works. If you just sit there and really focus on imagining it, like it will happen and you have to, you have to be the, you have to be at the vibration of the thing before you have proof of getting it too. You have to like, if you want abundance, sure. you have to feel rich inside your body. You have to feel abundant inside your body and inside your you know emotions before you get it. If you want to travel, to have this like bucket list experience in Machu Picchu, that mm-hmm. it's going to come a lot faster to you and easier, effortlessly, fun, gently. Effortlessly. I like, I like, I really like to qualify my manifestations too with like easily, effortlessly, gently, joyfully, because the universe will take the path of least resistance. <laughs> So sure. <laughs> be careful with that. Um, so don't fight it. Just I just like to I like to qualify it with positive um, factors. Um, oh yeah. So when so in your meditations now, I just want to invite you to see yourself sitting at that place at Machu Picchu and feeling just like the the ancientness of the space, hearing the insects and the birds, smelling the plants around you, smelling the the dirt. And how old it is. Oh, for sh- I, I will be drinking it all in for sure. But go, and but go just, ahead and do it now. Do it now before you get there. And that reality will come to you oh, much sooner. I see what you're saying. Meditate okay. on it. Do okay. it now before you get list. there. And it will come to you. It will be. It will amaze you how much faster that the things that you want will come to you if you sit in um, in meditation of it and manifesting it and adding the sensations and the emotions to it. It will come. I am going to say just because somebody, probably my sister, is going to call me out on it, but it was Chichen Itza. Mm, thank you, Chichen Itza. Thank you. I get those two confused. <laughs> I don't, is it I Machu don't Picchu? Care. Is it Chichen just, Itza? Is it cacao? Somebody, is it cocoa? Somebody's What's happening? Call it out. <laughs> thank somebody's you. No, I'm glad that you did. Thank you for correcting me. Sorry, I forgot that. Um, and I must be constantly manifesting sleep for myself because I have the ability. I'm one of those people who regardless of what's going on, I'm about as excited as I am right now. As far as upset, like if I'm happy, I'm happy. I'm just like this all the time. Straight chilling. Even keel. So when it's like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I lay down three breaths. I'm like, oh man, that pizza I had tonight was really. Now you're just showing off. Now you're just showing off. (laughs) My cross to carry. (laughs) You poor thing. I I feel so terrible for you that you're able to just uh, lay down and sleep. That must be awful. (laughs) Regardless of the day, the time, I've always joked that I could lay in my driveway in the rain. Give me 30 seconds. I'm out. It just, it doesn't. Always, always for as long as I can remember. That must Never. be beautiful. I am a um, think about every single thing going all the way back to middle school and how I could have done that differently. Like I'm that that type of brain. Apparently, <laughs> I, I do wake I do wake up and wake up others 
laughing hysterically in the middle of the night. No idea what I was thinking about. But I really wish I did because I wake myself up and I'm like, oh, shit, what was I just like? I need to tell somebody. I'm this so entertained. I'm so entertained. Yes. Well, I think you're in the right By line myself. of work. I think you're in the right <clears throat> line of work because you're just like even keel chilling and uh, love to be entertained and love to laugh. And like, I love that that's just happening yes. for you, like even in the astral plane, like while you're dreaming that things are like, yeah. making you laugh yes. and you're having fun. Yeah. That like. That's your essence. That's your essence. I bet you were breath laughing. I bet you were like a very silly kid. I bet you were just like laughed at oh everything and found like joy in everything. I did. If you ever have the chance to listen to the episode with me and my sister, okay. we go into all of the, the tortures that they put me and through. And is it, as, oh, is that the, what is that one called? Oh God. There's two of them. One was <clears throat> cause her name, her nickname is Tango, but we, her name is Tara. Okay. And there's two of them in okay. a row. So either one of them just. Okay. I think I, I listened to part of one of those. So I'll go back and listen to the Tara one. Yeah. Sit back with a bottle of wine or a, a glass of wine, perhaps, and, and enjoy those. Because, yes, we, we discuss my childhood. Apparently, I was a handful. I thought I was just being a little boy. So <laughs> maybe you were. Maybe it was this their perception. <laughs> maybe it's maybe they're the ones with the problem. <laughs> You never know. Uh, well, do you want to do oh, <clears throat> one more little, uh, in case somebody didn't listen to the mm -hmm. previous one, the little rundown of what you do, how people can absolutely. get a hold of you, where they can find you. Um, sure. And go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. My website is Holly, like Christmas, H-O-L-L-Y with a dash, Hamel, like Hamel with an H, H-A-M-E-L. I'm a, I tell people this mnemonic device. Remember me, Holly Hamill, Christmas Camel. You're welcome. You are welcome. Okay. And so yeah. it's holly-hamill.com is my website. And you can find me on um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And um, so what I do is uh, I'm a transpersonal guide. And so I work with your relationship with yourself and I am a psychic medium. I can um, get messages from your spirit guides. I can look at your Akashic records, which is your, the history of the lifetimes that you've led um, past lives. And I can also commune with loved ones that have crossed over. Um, but a lot of what I do is once we have that information, that's fun, that's novel, magical stuff. Um, but a lot of what I do is very, um, you know, rooted in Western psychology as well, like working on like neuro-linguistic programming and cognitive behavioral therapy and going timeline therapy, going back and, um, rewriting some, some things in your past with your trauma and like finding limiting beliefs and rewriting those. And so, um, it's a very, a broad spectrum approach. And I usually will feel into whatever my client needs at the time in order to get the healing that they, that they desire. Perfect. <clears throat> Jesus. And the, and the best part is I try to have fun with it. Like I really, I, I really like to do a lot of comedy. I like to joke around like, this is like, we don't have to take ourselves so seriously. You know, we can have fun. Like healing can be fun. Yes. You might cry, you know, in my, my sessions because you're releasing, but like, honestly, at the end of the day, the thing that I feel like people, um, will gravitate towards me for versus other ones is because they know they're going to have fun they're, They know they're going to get to laugh at themselves. They know that we're going to keep it, um, keep it lighthearted and we're going to have a good time mm -hmm. while we're healing. Well, and that's, it's not what perhaps Disney made everyone think 
you know, where you're in a smoky tent in a blue robe with moons on it. And <laughs> which Disney, you know which I movie mean? was this? Because I might have missed that one. Which one is Fantasia? This? No, Fantasia. Mickey, he had the cap oh, okay, with the, the sorcerer. sorcerer. And they had okay. The, they had the moons on the robe. Like, that's what I first popped in my head. Nice. You're not wearing a mooned robe. So. I mean, yeah. No, you're right. Not today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not like, you know, um, you know, Madam Cleo or like, you know, but I, oh my God. I'll be whatever, I'll be whatever you need me to be, you know, like there's, there's, you know, I'm able to, you know, really like reach my clients where they're at, you know, if they, if they really like embrace and they can get a lot out of, um, you know, talking about metaphysical stuff and, you know, magical stuff, then that's great. If they're, um, not so sure about that stuff and they want to keep it like on this, you know, more Western psychology plane. Great. I can you know, I pretty much like am able to feel into what the person needs and I'm always going to be intuitive mm-hmm. with what I'm doing. Um, but you know, it's the different calls have different flavors based on what the person's interested in. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I'm very interested, very interested. Even if I have to do privately, I would, wouldn't mind doing it here if you can. Okay. We can totally the, do that. I just need some the, earlier consent. <laughs> um, yeah, other than 10 minutes beforehand. Yeah. The, <laughs> I don't want to screw it up. Akashic? 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 Yep. Either one. Record? Mm -hmm. That, I'm very curious. That was actually, some things were coming up for me, like, when I, I kind of, I did a little bit of a meditation before we got on, and, like, it definitely, like, past life stuff was coming up for you um, for that. So that doesn't surprise me. I think it's going to be really easy for us to do that. And so what we should do is now that I know I have your consent, because at first I was like, let's do it live. And you're like, I'm scared. I don't know. Well, I was, but then I thought... What's how is that going to affect me right now? I um, don't care. And if there's some cool stuff, awesome. But then, like I had messaged you, anything worth doing, it's worth doing right. Exactly. Take it all. Exactly. Tell, tell it all. I want to know it all. Yeah. And there's, there's, you know, there's going to be some life like we have within us, like the whole entire spectrum of human experiences. We have sinners, we have saints, we have healers, we have murderers. You know, we have everything inside us, mm-hmm. everything inside us. And we've lived all of those lifetimes. We have all of that. And when we're just like, okay with that, when we make friends with our shadow, when we, um, when we acknowledge that all of us have all those things inside us, then we can have more compassion and less judgment for ourselves and others. Not saying, you know, Mm -hmm. let that shadow like run rampant and go out and, you know, be a menace to society. But if we're, if we're pushing that down so hard and neglecting it and like just having such abhorrence for our shadow, then we're not going to be fully integrated beings and we're, it's going to be a limiting, we're not going to be able to be as bright until we are able to integrate our shadow. Awesome. That's a whole nother topic I sense, but, um, but yeah, I would love to do a, an Akashic Records reading live for you on, you know, on the podcast. I think it would be really amazing and therapeutic and informative and fun. I, that's the last one is number one for me. All the rest are like one a. Okay, cool. But yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. No, that, I think that will happen fairly easily because it was already starting to come through. So. Yay. Okay. Well, just, uh, I'll try to be better with figuring out when the stupid times are supposed to link up, but, uh, whenever you're available, great. Um, yeah. Just, if you want to go out a week, if you need time, whatever, okay. just do the booking and then send me a message when you do it and I will verify. So we actually get the right. Great. Time and next just time. so I can get your verbal consent. So like when I book the call um, yes. sometime before the call, <laughs> I'm going to um, access your Akashic record. So I just need to know, do you consent to me accessing your Akashic records? 
100%. Thank yes. you. And when we're done with the call, I will hang up the psychic phone. Like I will be, I'm not like going to be like peeping in, like watching you shower or like, you know, doing anything like that. I, I just want people to know, like I'm very consent based. And so like, even just, you know, when I knew we were going to maybe do this call and you were like, Oh, by the way, I consent. I'm like, I've had 10 minutes. Like I'm going to, I can get what sure. I can, but I'm really into like, I'm only checking in on the things that you asked me to check in on. I'm not snooping around while I'm in there. And when we're done, we're done until you give me consent again. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer sure. out there to the world. No, I'm saying if there's something you're like, well, what's this little nugget here? Dig away. I will. Dig away. Oh, I will. Go ahead. <laughs> Indiana Jones style. I'm going to get into your Perfect. temple of doom. I'm getting in there. Yeah. I don't know if that's <laughs> getting into your temple of doom. I don't, know in there. To, I don't know if I give permission for that. Well, be really um, clear. You signed the waiver. <laughs> Read the fine print. Into my temple of doom. Oh, Lord. I'm in there. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Until next time, it was fun again. Thank you for joining yes, me. Yes. Thank you. I always enjoy this with you. So I hope you have a wonderful day and thanks so much for having me. You as well. Have a good afternoon. You too. Bye bye. Bye-bye. Okay, and we're on. So do you want to just breathe a little bit together and just try to kind of like get connected into like a space where I can like tap into your field? Would you be open to doing that? Sure. Do you have to hear me breathing into the microphone? Not at all. <laughs> to breathe. Not at all. Okay. So I just like lead us on a um, really simple guided meditation if you're comfortable. And then people that are listening to this um, are able to also breathe in and just take a moment for themselves as well. Sure. Just okay. don't do it while driving, perhaps. Exactly. To get too relaxed. Yes. Don't do it by, while operating heavy machinery. <laughs> Only do it if you're in a place that's safe and realistic to do that. I'm just going to assume that everyone is going to take the responsibility steps that are necessary. Perfect. Okay. So I invite you to close your eyes. If you like, you can place your hand on your heart or your stomach or have your palms upturned to the sky, whatever feels right for you. And bring your awareness into your breath. I'm going to do a four-sided box breath where you breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, and hold for four. So begin that at your own pace. As you continue the four-sided box breath, pay close attention to the way that your body feels. When your breath is at the top of the breath, everything full and abundant. In the way that it may start to feel uncomfortable and need a release. And then the experience of releasing and then at the bottom of the breath, holding. And there's a slight pleasure in doing nothing there. There's almost a pause, like a sweet break from existence. 
And then that becomes uncomfortable. And then the need to breathe in supersedes that comfort. And we start the cycle again. So often in breath work and yoga and just general meditation, awareness, mindfulness, we are looking at inhaling the good shit, exhaling the bullshit, that type of feeling. But I find that there's so much information when we are holding our breath at the top and when we are holding the emptiness at the bottom. Continue your breath cycles and imagine your crown chakra, this space at the top of your head, is opening up to receive beautiful light from above. And it's scanning down your entire body slowly and thoroughly. Taking a moment to pause at any places that might need a little extra attention and breathing into those spaces. Scan down your body slowly and thoroughly, staying informed by the breath. And feel each cell in your body becoming full of light, rejuvenated, restored, and recharged. And every space between yourselves being full of light, rejuvenated, restored, and recharged. Continue scanning down until you get to the earth beneath you. And now create a grounding coil into the earth. Like a corkscrew. It's like the electrical grounding cord. This will discharge any chaos energy. Anything that's no longer serving you in this moment. Any thoughts, beliefs, or influence impressions from other people, places, or things that are not of your core original being. We're releasing anything that is not completely and purely you. Maintaining that connection with the light coming down from above from the infinite incorruptible source. Allow your thoughts and ego to take a seat behind your third eye, which is the center of your brain. So we're channeling a beautiful light from above, illuminating your entire being, grounding coil into the earth beneath you. And each time you inhale, brighten this light. Each time you exhale, expand it to the space beyond your body. Inhale, brighten. Exhale, expand. Inhale, brighten. Exhale, expand. And do this a few more times on your own.
And when you're ready, begin to wiggle your toes, wiggle your fingers, a final deep breath in, and exhale and shake everything off. Okay, so how are you feeling? I could, but... 10 more seconds than I probably would have been asleep. <laughs> Excellent. That's right to the place that we want to be. You just want to get right to that place of just bliss, like where you're just so relaxed and like almost to the place of crossing into sleep. So mm -hmm. it's perfect. You did great. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Did anything come up for you during that meditation? Did you have any intrusive thoughts or any notions or any places in your body that felt different? I was trying to, can you hear me? Okay. By I, the way. Yeah. I hear you. Great. I can't hear. Okay. Um, just focus on listening to you mm -hmm. properly following the instructions and just tr trying to think of nothing because I always have, 75 things I have to do this I have to do that I got to remember this and whatever so my I guess miniature goal for that was to just I don't want to think of anything mm -hmm. like just to turn everything off which is impossible mm -hmm. <laughs> but just trying to not think about other things and just literally listening to what you were saying and doing exactly that. Mm -hmm. So it was just relaxing. Good. Well, I'm glad that you were able to um, close all those tabs in your mind and allow yourself to get to that space because it's really hard for people and, and listeners at home. If you are not there yet, that's okay. It's, um, it's really just important to not judge yourself and to keep practicing and getting to that place of, being okay with some intrusive thoughts coming in, being okay with feeling antsy, but just continuing to to give yourself the opportunity to practice it is what's really important. Mm -hmm. Well, and it helps for me also because I'm in a somewhat soundproof room with headphones on, so it's quiet. The mm -hmm. TV's not on. There's no anything. So all I can hear at all is what you're saying to me so that probably didn't hurt mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. you know for for my end anyway yes now, let's show you.